Welcome to Conversations Minisodes. My name is Amy Adams. I'm the editor of Conscious Life Space and the broadcaster of this podcast. Welcome to Conversations with myself. <laughs> Normally in Conversations, I interview other people. But I have decided to do some mini-sodes of the podcast, and they only include me. Basically, what I will be doing in my mini-sodes is answering anyone's questions, if they have some. You can send me an email at hello at consciouslife.guru. And I will answer any questions that you have or discuss a topic that might be on your mind that's in the realm of the Conscious Life Space blog and podcast. And so today, because I don't have any questions yet, I am basically going to be reading a new um piece that I published and it's called Quitting Smoking, Fat Yoga and Menopause. Now there are also a series of five very short videos ranging from 20 seconds to two minutes um, which I call Fat Yoga or I Am Not This Body and that is actually the subtitle of this article too. A few years ago after quitting smoking for the very first time, really it is and was the last time, my body went haywire. The detox from the nicotine wasn't an issue for me mentally. I had quit a few times before, for several years at a time in fact. But my body was trying to flush out the poison and it was struggling to do so. I was getting older and my body required more energy more effort, and more time to rebound. My gut health was messed up. I'm going to go all out here and share with you too much information as gracefully as possible. I was backed up, clogged up. This was something new for me. My entire life, including the previous years of non-smoking, I never had issues with digestion and elimination. The poisons couldn't find a way out, and I was feeling like shit literally. This time it wasn't just the end of SIGs. That winter was icy and I don't run on ice. I stopped running. Stopping running basically meant that I stopped working out. I used to run from my apartment to my city's central park and back. 8k or 5 miles round trip five times each week. I found my way back to doing some home aerobic workouts but only periodically so my fitness level was decreasing and my weight and clothes size slightly increased. Inevitably, stopping running and stopping smoking simultaneously meant that I wasn't taking deep breaths, even if some of them were with nicotine and chemicals. I basically stopped breathing. Fast forward one year to the big 5-0, that was the year 50, when the menopause came upon me like a hurricane. The hormonal changes hit me like a fucking ton of bricks. The menopause said to me, 
I am going to fuck with your hormones. And she did. Okay, so I tried yoga again in the fall just before my 50th birthday, but I was dizzy and felt worse every time I practiced. And I actually had this kind of um, other problem where I had incredible um, overactive sense of smell too at that time. So anything, I mean, I still, I always felt like I had a very good sense of smell, but it was like gross. I mean, I could smell like everything. I felt like a dog. <laughs> so actually, I'm sure I couldn't smell quite what they do, but I definitely had like enhanced uh, sense of smell for a while, uh, especially during that time when I was dizzy and all that kind of stuff. My body was toxic. Um, menopause was taking its toll. The beneficial effects of a movement practice really made me feel worse, like much, much worse. It didn't seem like um, like I was, was getting better. Like when I would do yoga, I just wanted to vomit and fall over. So it was maybe like a healing crisis, but I couldn't get past it. So I gave up on that. Now, I have to say, had I continued running or performing other physical exercises more consistently and regularly, certainly it would have been much, much better for me. I might have had some of the swings, but in hindsight, know that it wouldn't have been so bad. No regrets. This was the life I led so far, and here I was. I relinquished smoking, and that was a start. I mention it here because if you are moving towards that age or any age, just don't stop working out ever, even if it's only 10 minutes a day. Honestly, hindsight, 2020. This is when my midsection became extremely swollen with inflammation. I had fat too, and I still do. I mean, even though I practice yoga more regularly now, um, it has toned my muscles and it uplifts my mind and my belly fat too, but it's still on my body. And I, I probably could starve myself and lose some of that. But I also don't believe in complete deprivation, especially when I'm a person who already eats really healthy foods. So yeah, I'm sure there's probably something I could do about it. But I feel like uh, the natural way is to eat healthy and take supplements and um, promote my own well-being by being conscious of what I put in my mouth. But you know what? When it's summertime, once in a while, I'm going to have an ice cream because I'm a human being on this planet and damn it, I'm going to have it. I actually like sorbet better. But so it's not like a common thing, but you know what? What are we? We're supposed to be like, never have ice cream, never, you know, eat something that you like that is, you know, considered bad for you. <laughs> All these judgments. Okay. So the thing was, though, during that time, my midsection had become so swollen with inflammation that, um, by the end of a two-year period, my clothing size increased four sizes. Like, you know, I always had like a poof on my belly, even at my thinnest. I had a little pouch, and I used to call it my happy belly. But 
um, now it was like a giant belly and it was swollen. I mean, luckily, I have to say that I was actually kind of not that I wanted to be a bigger person, but I was glad that my body that I gained weight actually in other parts of my body. So I didn't look complete. I mean, my belly's bigger, but it would have been even worse, I think, if I, you know, just gained it all there. <sighs> so what I say is for goodness sake, I didn't drink soda. I don't eat not regular soda, not diet soda. It was never part of my reality. It's just not something that I enjoy. Alcohol, no. I have drank alcohol in the past, and I do have a periodic glass of wine, but it's not a regular, uh, you know, I don't consume it regularly. And do I eat processed foods? Sure, once in a blue moon, but basically not regularly again, too. So I don't even really like sweets. I mean, seriously, I don't mind having a bite of like a sweet if somebody has a birthday cake, but not my favorite thing, um, except for the occasional brownie, which I sometimes make for as gifts or something like that. Or, you know, even with my cookies, I like like those uh, digestive biscuits and or um, the uh, like an oatmeal cookie. That's about it. It's pretty boring. Gaining that weight and going up in the clothing sizes, that totally sucked. But what made it worse, uh, besides not feeling well, is that I didn't have a budget to replenish and replace an entire wardrobe. And that really compounded my feelings of shame as now I was like stuffing my body in clothes that were too small for me. But I honestly just didn't have the means to replace them. And I also, I mean, I think I wanted to have some clothes that I could feel normal in, but I also didn't feel like this was me and that I did not want to um, spend a lot of money buying a lot of uh, a whole entire wardrobe. I mean, besides the fact that I didn't have the money, I felt like that would just be resigning myself to um, just like this perpetual state of uh, ill health. I did buy a few sale items when I could, and one of my neighbors, who was a few years older than me, she shared some um, older clothes she had to wear when she went through a similar experience. So I was very, very fortunate because without the clothes that she provided for me, it would have been much worse for me mentally. Over a period of months, my self-esteem was plummeting and there was an end to an important relationship in my life and that just served to exacerbate the problem. So monthly periods were replaced with monthly migraine headaches and they put me out of commission from anywhere from a few days to an entire week at a time. I mean, really, it probably averaged like four days every month that I was just completely crippled. And it wasn't just once a month sometimes with the uh, migraines, although it, there were some months where it was a couple of times a month. So my weight gain increased. I stopped working out altogether. I was feeling just too sick to move. And of course, the dizziness. So this, much of it, 
besides the detoxification from the smoking, I mean, the actual part of menopause was really, uh, you know, because they call it like perimenopause or whatever, um, that also played a major contributing role. At some point, my blood pressure was down to some insane number that was bordering on, um, you can't be alive with these numbers and what the fuck. So the truth is that menopause was a subject that I wanted to avoid as I was going through it. It was just, I didn't want to admit it. I didn't want to be like, oh, my life is over. Uh, my youthful life is over, not my life is over, but my youthfulness, my ability to reproduce, not that I even have any children, I have fur babies. It just, I didn't like talking about it. I didn't, you know, I felt like it was just like now I'm old and my, and I guess in a way, some ways, yes, my life was over. My life was over as that that period of my life was over. I mean, there are so many stereotypes and unrealistic expectations for women. It's like you are a woman sexual being one day and then bam, kaboom, you're a swollen body that is tired, experiencing symptoms that you might not have expected, including body odor changes. That was a fucking shocker. And one of the most common ones is to gain weight in your midsection. Now, um, I knew to expect some changes from menopause, but that subject really was never discussed directly with me. Yes, there were, uh, there would maybe be hot flashes, irregular periods, and hormonal swings, but no one really ever said, hey, this is what to expect when you begin and go through menopause. I only had some memories of my mother going through it when I was in high school, but that was 33 years before I started menopause. Back then, it wasn't something that was spoken about either. And it was in some ways, it was more horrific in the 70s and 80s. Back then, they just cut you up and threw away your insides as they performed hysterectomies regularly. Jesus, I'm so glad that I wasn't a woman having a, a childbearing age and menopause then. Woof. So there are many, many symptoms of menopause. And I digress here for a moment to tell you that I've even created an infographic listing them in case no one tells you either. So uh, I have the link in the show notes. The physical symptoms are one thing, but the emotional ones just ugh, 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 ugh. I started to experience shame around my body. I didn't want to be seen in public running or doing anything for that matter. I could handle the hot flashes even though they were intense. I was used to sweating a lot when working out because I'm a gross sweater when I work out. So it was wacky but bearable. Culturally and personally, there is a lot of shame around the loss of youth. It's not just all in my head. There is data and statistics to back me up. Yet throughout my life, I never looked at another woman of any age and thought about her sexual health. It never occurred to me and never is something that I would think about. I see a person, a whole person who might be youthful or not, that actually makes me wonder why my ego thinks other people look at me and judge me. And even if they do, why do I care? <laughs> really, why do I care? 
Here I was going through a transformation that could have been viewed as a treasure. After all, I was now becoming a crone. Woohoo! So even though some women might embrace this, the crone is often depicted as an old hag or witch. And in fact, I've written a longer piece about that, which you can find, and it's called Not the C Word. Something like that. Or the C Word. It's not what you think. Link in the show notes also. Becoming. Just doesn't happen overnight. It's a process to experience and go through. I was going through a metamorphosis to become a new me, a new life as I was moving from one stage of life to the next. Instead of embracing it, I felt like the cockroach in Kafka's metamorphosis. Although Gregor, the salesman, was unfazed by his own transformation, those around him were shocked and ashamed, whereas here, now, it was me. It was my own shame. Why did I expect to be the repulsed, unwanted, dull brown cockroach? Why not expect to become the richly colored moth or butterfly? I didn't want to be fatter and duller and underappreciated or loathed. Cockroaches are survivors, but pretty much cringeworthy. All of these feelings and emotions were mine. I take responsibility for them. Still, they were and are influenced by the high-gloss magazines and social media images of an ideal or even simply something I'm not. Why am I comparing myself to anyone anyway? What if I were to be the butterfly or the moth? I think their insect eggs and cocoons are prettier. How messed up is that to judge the beauty of cocoons? Cocoons of any kind, generally speaking, aren't that pretty to begin with. Even butterfly and moth cocoons, okay? They're not. The truth is, whether it is a roach or a butterfly, the process of transformation and rebirth is a miracle. Some days, the level of self-loathing was simply out of control, and other days I didn't feel well enough to actually care, and on the rare occasion, there were days where I could care less. The days that I could care less were days that I didn't have to really go out except to walk the dogs. Since I already ate really healthy foods, something else had to change, so I began to take some natural herbs to heal my body. These weren't all directly related to hormonal balance or menopause. Although I did try some supplements said to ease symptoms, they didn't really do much. I started adding wheatgrass powder to my morning smoothie or yogurt and started taking some supplements with magnesium to help with nutrient absorption. In addition, I started drinking golden milk, a hot drink made with turmeric, coconut milk, and black pepper. This was a step in the right direction and I started to feel better. Fast forward to December 2015. I made my second attempt to restart my yoga practice. This time my muscles woke up and said, we will support you and lift up your fat. Even if it wasn't quite visible, they did. Then my mind body began to speak to me. So oftentimes when practicing yoga, thoughts don't usually pass through my head because my focus is on the pose. I'm really in the moment. So when they do, they are more meaningful than random. So one thought, which was more like a statement, and actually came up 
quite frequently is I am not this body. I have always known that concept to be true, understanding that we are a life force beyond the fleshy suit we wear as animals on this planet. Be that as it may, we don't live in the esoteric ethereal world. We live in a concrete world where people coexist and whole communities of them create societies and they have expectations, even if some of them are unrealistic ones. In the outer world, in this concrete reality, we are limited by our own experience in a body that's categorized by, uh, it's shaded and categorized by the fact that we are a gender, a skin tone, nationality, etc. And these kind of identities, like that's what creates uh, separation. This is me, that is you. It's a survival mechanism informed by instinct because after all, we are herd animals. So it's not really that crazy of an idea to um, have this kind of separation. Me, I consider myself, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an artist, I'm an editor and producer. I am a yogini. I am this. I am that. I am a podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> belonging to a particular group can feel comforting and provide us with a sense of belonging, even though it simultaneously reinforces the idea of separateness and identity as it creates a sense of community. Irony. Artists, poets, philosophers, gurus, amongst others, are just some of the people the world over who have been trying to unravel these ideas and bring them into other forms, reminding us to question the very identities we create. Because the division can feel very alienating, too. Am I good enough? Comparison is the phantom lurking behind the curtain. How did it become that I would compare myself to not others, but a former version of myself? Even our experience of the concrete world is shadowed not only by our other bodies aspects like the emotional body and mind body, but by the physical body's limitations with the range of auditory sound and visual light spectrums, etc. These limitations won't allow for transcendent experience without some effort. Okay, here's a quote that I like from, geez, you know, all these like stoic and ancient type people, I always get a little messed up with their names, but, uh, Tetis? I'm not sure if that's how you say it. Here's his quote. Quote. <laughs> quote mark. Begin quote. He is a man of sense who does not grieve for what he has not, but rejoices in what he has. End quote. I am not this body is a tenant of many spiritual teachings that really refer to uh, different aspects of one body. Amongst the many physical teachings about the various bodies, depending on the teachings, the number varies. In Vedanta, there are three, and in Theosophy, seven. There are many other teachings, too, and some claim four or ten or any number. It doesn't really matter, at least not for this uh, conversation. <laughs> so, in recent years, though, I've taken it quite literally as a coping mechanism. We have what some refer to as many bodies, but they are aspects of ourselves, such as the etheric body or any one of the several bodies that are spoken of. This is about the practical application of that idea and about the fact that my living in a physical body that has changed itself through life is my current reality. Fat yoga. Am I confusing life itself with my physical body? The suit isn't the experience. It allows for the experience to take place here and now. When I am, you too, attached to 
our physical bodies, we can fall into judgment and can go too far harming ourselves by denying ourselves experience as we feel ashamed or critical. Contra, if we then go to the other extreme on a spiritual path, becoming ungrounded, we can miss out on experiences of the right here and right now on our little rocket ship in the sky, planet Earth. That about sums up all of what I have to say in this part of the podcast. And I would like to ask you to please follow uh, Conscious Life Space on Instagram, on Facebook, and Twitter, and Pinterest. And the name is uh, Conscious Life Space without any hyphens or anything on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. But on Twitter, it is Conscious Life Spa, <laughs> just the, without the A-C-E at the end because of the character limitation. The goal of Conscious Life Space is to share effectual media and to uh, share conversation, discussion, and life experience. Thank you for joining me today for this podcast, and I hope that you will uh, subscribe and you can listen on Radio Public, on iTunes, or your favorite platform. Feel free to send in uh, questions, your own experience, uh, or comments uh, to hello at consciouslife.guru. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast feed and our YouTube channel. Until next time, take care. Mm -hmm.